Hey y'all, it's Jenny McGrew and this is the Worship Leaders Collective Podcast. Hello everybody that is on and people that are going to be jumping on after. Hello, Mom of Matt. I'd love to uh, meet you guys in the flesh one day. It will happen. I'll be in Toronto again soon as soon as we can travel. So really excited to start traveling and everybody said... Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I saw I saw um, a news report today in in Canada. They were you know the borders are closed till the twenty first of June. For all the Canadians here, know that um, they're going to revisit it. But then I saw the dreaded news article that I was expecting. Don't expect the borders to open anytime soon. And I'm just like, oh, okay, okay, great grace, we got this, man. 2020, the year everything changed. Everything changed. <laughs> Sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> it's good. Okay, God, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you that when we come together, that you always show up. Your word says that we're two or three gather in your name, that you are there. Lord, I thank you that you enter into this conversation, King of Glory. God, that you cause us to hear the things that you want us to hear, Lord, that you would be the you would be the words that speak out of our mouth, Lord, that you would ever tune our heart to sing your praise, Lord. We thank you for the people that are going to hear this afterwards, Lord Jesus, God, and we thank you that you give grace to every hearer. Lord, we thank you for this season. Though it is hard, there is a greater grace, God, and that you are causing us in all of this to become more like you, Lord. Let the people see you. Let us see you, Lord, and by seeing you, may we be transformed from one degree of glory to another. Amen? Amen. Okay, it's good. So we got a couple of amazing guests uh, with with us to, tonight. Yeah. And for those of you watching later, um, could be morning, could be afternoon, uh, whatever, but welcome. Um, first of all, I'm going to introduce Matt McIntosh from Toronto. Say hello, Matt. Hey. I... I haven't actually met Matt yet. I was on another webinar with Matt not too long ago, and that's how we got to know each other. Just loved his heart, just loved his spirit, and uh, asked him if he would be willing to join in on the conversation, uh, which he was very willing, and I just really appreciated that. So thank you, Matt. I got you. Uh, The next person that's on here is Jeremiah Nianger. Hey, Jer. How, How do I say your last name? Yangor. There we go. Oh, she's used to calling me Jerry or weird, weird. <laughs> or Jer Bear. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough good things to say about Jer. I love Jer with my whole heart. Our whole family loves Jeremiah. He is like family to us. And um, yeah, he just really put a lot of himself into our son. And I just always see, I always see footprints of Jer, fingerprints of Jer in our home each and every day. So we really appreciate your heart, Jerry. You have such a heart for the kingdom. That's evident in both of you that you guys have kingdom hearts. So praise God for kingdom hearts. Praise God for seasons, even like we are in. And some people listening could be like, how could you be praising God in this season? Well, because the Bible says that we can be fruitful in any season, no matter what it looks like. And if anything, this season is causing all of us, hopefully, to lean in deeper to the things of the Lord. Okay, so we're having this conversation tonight because obviously a lot is going on. To say a lot is happening right now would be a very gross understatement. I know that as I say that. So please note that there's a lot of empathy and compassion 
and uh, heart behind what I'm saying. Uh, There's been a lot of conversations happening, uh, a lot of them polarized, uh, some right, some really left. Uh, Some, they've just been amazing conversations that are straight down the middle. And, you know, we're really hoping that we're going to have one of those conversations that really reveal tonight the heart of God, because we need the heart of God. Amen. Amen. We need the mind of God this season. We need a greater love that is found in Jesus Christ. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We talked to these guys about, you know, if you had anything to talk about tonight, what would you talk about? And, you know, they almost said the same thing. You know, your DNA is very similar, even though you guys don't know each other. And just that you have such a heart uh, after the Lord. And um, so, so I know that no matter what you talk about tonight, that it's going to be safe, that it's going to be real, it's going to be genuine, and what you say is going to be pushing people closer to Jesus, because that's really important in this season, is that whatever we're doing and we're saying that we are moving closer to Jesus, and we're helping one another in community, wherever we're at, moving closer to Jesus in yeah. all of this, in the chaos, and the uncertainty, in the pain. Um, I'm just going to open with this quick and give you guys the floor, but We've all been hearing this scripture a lot. We've seen it on signs, you know, we've been seeing it on social media. Uh, people, we've all probably been talking about it, but it's Amos 5.24 and it says, um, let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like an endless stream. Uh, we've, we've, we focused a lot on the justice part and perhaps we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. I like the translation that says roll on like a river. Um, but to just segue into this conversation tonight, I want to talk about just the righteousness like a never ending stream. I was reading that last week and it just jumped out uh, in my spirit. And the Lord says, I don't want this conversation to end. My righteousness is to go on and on and on. This is normal to keep talking about the things that uh, concern me, that concern my heart, that concern my kingdom, that concern my people. This is not the one and done. So, you know, there are people I think that are wishing and Matt, you and I were talking about this just a few moments ago. Um, where you, you know, we're not, we're not here to talk about left or right or where people are at in that way. But I I think some people are wishing like, can we just get back to things as normal, you know? And, and God's just, just saying, like I just said a minute ago, no, we're We got to keep talking about this. We got to keep leaning in. We got to keep listening. We got to keep learning. We got to keep loving. So that's why we're here tonight. Um, So I'm going to give Jeremiah first a bit of the floor. And uh, he's been on a few talks in the past few weeks And um, I'm just going to let him share a few thoughts that are in his heart just to open up tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hey, I just want to honor you real quick, Mama Jenny. Um, Uh, I think this is a really important conversation, mm -hmm. um, not just because of where we're at as a season um, in the world, but I think we've, I think pastors and leaders have found themselves in all like all different emotions and um, some just being scared of the combo and, you know what, moving past, we're not going to get it right, but we know that this is something that was close to the heart of God. And so therefore as a follower, I'm going to do that. And so I want to honor you for like creating this space and moving forward with this conversation. But I think for me, man, it's been so interesting. Um, So interesting this last couple of weeks. I'm like, just stop me whenever, like, let me know if you have a question or whatever, because I'll just go. Just go go on. We're in six all the time. But yeah, it's been interesting because growing up, I grew up in a town called Valleview. I was born in a town called Grand Prairie, which is like way, way north. And when I say like we were the only black family in Grand Prairie, that is not a joke. Um, wow. There was a lot of 
one other light-skinned family. But so in Grand Prairie, moved to a small town, Valleview. And Valleview is like 1,500 people. There's like one main road. And on both sides of that main road is like elderly white people and um, like almost like a reserve, like aboriginals. And so at a young age, like really quick, I think I learned and experienced more of the aggressive side of racism and learned that like, man, I would be like limited or treated different because of the color of my skin. And I mean, those of you who know me, which Jenny and Amy, like I'm a social butterfly, like I love people. And so there was like some like different situations that were pretty like pretty intense. I'm being called the N-word like multiple times, beaten up because I was black, um, peed on, like called the N-word by an elderly, like white male um, and threatened to like hit me with a baseball, all these like crazy type of things. But in my mind, because I didn't see other people of color um, experiencing these things, I was like, oh, it's me. Like, it's not just because I'm black, but it's me. And I remember having this conversation with this man saying like, man, if I got to choose what color I came out, um, I wouldn't have chose this. Like it wasn't, it's not my fault. And then life goes on, um, end up in Calgary. That almost felt like a separate, like mm. part of my life. I think I was just really good at like separating it in my mind. And I'm always like a person that just like loves to adapt to people. So I think I just adapt to the environment that I was in and used language to cover up my lifestyle. And so I've always like, my, I think my burden and conviction now is to be one that could bridge the gap, like regardless of like, my friend group or being in church or being a pastor or whatever that is. Like, I didn't really introduce myself. I'm a youth pastor for assembly. Jenny's my auntie, whatever. Anyways, but um, I know I'm your mom. <laughs> I mean, I, I say that, but like when I say that you get weird cause you feel some type of way. So I didn't do it. <laughs> but anyway, weird. Um, yeah, I think that's my burden, my conviction just to be like, even being in youth ministry, like a lot of like young people, I've had like different kind of views on what it means to be a Christian and what it means to, you know, be in relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, Hey, like I get that. And I've been there, but here's the, like, here's maybe I can bridge the gap for you with my experience. Like that's my, that's my burden. So I've been like, Oh man, I've experienced crazy hardcore racism, but I've also experienced the transportive power and love of Jesus, man, I'm good. And then Ahmaud Aubrey happened and I like had one of those days where anxiety got the best of me. And like, again, if you know me, like that's not really my stuff. I'm like, I got a pretty strong mental game. Like I'll feel off, but it won't put me in like, put me out. Like where I'm sitting outside at four in the morning, like crippled by fear. And so I'm like that lingered for a couple of days. And then the George Floyd thing happened and I'm having different conversations. And um, one of the, one conversation in particular, this individual brought up, not like necessarily a popular um I guess stance when it comes to it, but to think, hey, George Floyd was God's son, but so was Derek, the guy, the police officer that kneeled on his neck. And there was just something in me that was like, ah, but I knew that that's the gospel. Like that's, that's the heart of God, that Jesus's heart um, for both of his sons, which is like, man, this is the, it's the wildest thing that we're a part of Um, to really recognize that God's grace is that sufficient. And um, I like realize I'm like, oh man, something doesn't feel right. And so I'm like, maybe I'm not like healed. Maybe I've just been like using language. So I've been in this like interesting spot of navigating, like, okay, how do I like God, 
have I just been pretending to be healed? Have I been pretending to be changed? Like, and I think it's important. I, I think you, some of you guys have probably been there um, many times in your life where you're like, oh, was this really dealt with? And I think it's just this, it's part of the relationship where we rec- we take inventory and we reveal areas of our hearts and he heals. And so, and now I'm in this place where I'm like, okay, I'm processing it. Um, but then I'm also like having all these conversations with people at the same time. And I think God's like also graced it. But the thing I've just recognized and even in feeling it in the, in the moment of like being so like overcome by fear is I've realized that this is a strategic demonic oppression of the enemy mm-hmm. that's existed for a long time. And it's not even just about, I love like the whole all lives matter thing is like some people it's like ignorant for some people, but in in the same sense, it's like reckon, not saying, of course, all lives matter, but in the season, we're recognizing that we're we're identifying and being there for our brothers and sisters that are like experiencing pain. Um, but I think I just beyond that, realizing like, and I think you said this in the beginning, Matt. I wasn't on, but that this isn't just an issue of like people just being ignorant or people just being like brainwashed, but it's actually like a demonic oppression and it's not, and that, that makes it a sin issue. And that makes it, this isn't an issue of just race, but it's a gospel issue because if there's division happening in the church, um, this is a gospel issue because the gospel is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that no one would perish. And um, I think it's interesting to look now at the church where we're seeing like maybe two different versions of Jesus. And so um, this caused me to like reflect and take inventory of my heart. And I think when I did that, I'm recognizing, man, like if we're going to talk about this prejudice and this racism, like I'm a recovering racist, like there's areas of my heart and there's places and there's jokes that I've made and there's things that I've taken part of that don't resemble the heart of God. That's, that is the gospel. And so, um, in all these conversations, I think, you know, when you're like, you're processing something and you haven't really come to a conclusion, but through conversation, all of a sudden God like drops something. You're like, Oh, that was good. That wasn't for me. Like that was definitely him. I think that's been a lot of like this couple of weeks. Um, and so I'm seeing like some of my, my, my people of color friends on this side, um, that have experienced it, some that haven't, but are having some righteous anger and some that are just like, oh, like wearing somebody else's offense. Mm-hmm. And then people on this side that are just really scared of the conversation. Um, some are ignorant to it and some just don't know what to do or what to say. Right. And so I think my eyes have just been like open to this and my conviction being, man, how do we bridge the gap? I think the biggest thing is just recognizing for me is that we, we all need to come to the feet of Jesus to recognize like, and I need, I need Jesus to help me be who he's called me to be. This is not just me knowing what to say in this conversation, but recognizing that man, as a, and I'm speaking to, to Christ followers. Like if I'm filled with the Holy spirit, um, that this is my issue. Like if my brother in Christ is losing, then I'm losing. But I think there's been like the enemy's strategic in in making these emotions his playground and causing division to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think this is coming to the surface in in this time for a reason. Is recognizing that, man, as a church, we've been divided for a long time over our 
little, little differences and our little, little prejudices. And just even like, let's talk about the pandemic for a second. Like all our whole church model has been flipped upside down and churches are confused, not knowing what to do. And I think a lot of churches or pastors or leaders have looked to the early church, the first century church, and man, what are we, what are we doing? What's wrong? What, how can we like adapt? And I've, in me looking there, my favorite, like one of my favorite words, Greek words is this word for fellowship, community. It's called koinonia, which is the yeah. Greek word. And man, if you just compare that word to what we call fellowship, which is like 15 minutes before and after service, maybe you hit Swiss chalet. But that's like, <laughs> that's like once a month. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, it's a, it's night and day. Like koinonia is... Like, I know your soul. Like, I know your, I know your temptation. I know your wins. I know your frustration. Like, and I'm, it, and it also like, cause you know how the Greek language has so much more depth to it. Like right. a word that like really bridges the gap for it is like to not only to know it, but to participate in it. That's right. And so whether it's messy or whether it's clean, like we're called to participate with one another in community. Right. just like our father is in community mm-hmm. and so it's just like this crazy like these are maybe just christianese language that we use but like i think it's been strategic in the season recognizing what does that mean for me to participate with my brother and sister mm-hmm. and it's funny because i was making this joke with with pastor james he's a pastor at our church how like we all complaining about wearing masks because they're the most uncomfortable things ever and you can't breathe and be glass they're uh, literally oppressive dude literally yeah. But the funny thing is we don't complain about, we're only complaining because they're visible. But I think if we're to be honest, I mean, if I was to be honest, we wear masks every Sunday mm. and not wanting to like actually go deep and be vulnerable mm. with people and to walk with people. Mm. And we talk about love. And I think uh, there's this mm. philosopher that I've been reading on a little bit, but he says like love can be broken up in like in a practical way in like three categories to be mm. with someone, for someone and unto that person. Mm. And I think we're really good at being with, but we're not good at being for or unto because that that's what brings in the action and willing to be like, Hey, I'm going to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through this thick or thin, whatever it looks like. I think we get, we get intimidated with the for and unto. um, And we stay with the with like, Hey man, I'm with you. Support you. (laughs) Blessings to you. But like, I can't be there. I can't walk with you. And I, yeah, I just like, if I'm, if I'm really going to be honest, yeah, I think like God's doing something um, strategic in, in his church and in his people to be like, Hey, like I, I need my church to, I don't know if step up is the right language, but I think the first thing is just to take inventory of our heart mm-hmm. to allow the Holy spirit to actually invade mm-hmm. some of these areas that we haven't paid attention to so that we can walk with one another in these people, like in this at this level in this dynamic when it comes to somebody saying, Hey, like regardless of where they're from or what they're struggling with or whatever, but to be the church saying like, Hey, like I'm with you and I'm for you. And I mean, it can, we've been stuck between it being a political thing and a human race thing. Well, I don't want to get political. Um, but I think if we recognize, man, if this, this is what Jesus's life was unto, that beyond like knowing the statistics or the facts is like, if somebody's hurting, I'm with, I'm there. Like I'm with you, I'm for you. And I think we find that even man, if we sit with Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman, um, 
we find that there was a lot of like political views, a little, a lot of opinions, but just sitting with him and seeing how he was with her and for her and unto her mm-hmm. being better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, I'm just looking at this through this lens and seeing, man, all the areas where I still need to partner with the spirit in my life. Right. And so I'm able to step out of some of the, the real pain. I'm not saying like using Christianity saying it's okay. Turn another cheek as an excuse or putting a bandaid like thing over some of the real pain and injustice that's happened. Even as the church, like we don't want to talk about some of the history of what Christianity was even like built on. Like, we're like, Oh, well, Oh, that's kind of yucky. But I think like if God's really going to transform and purify his bride and we're going to be the church, do we gotta, we gotta, we got to get messy, you know? I totally, I totally agree. Just as you're talking and I was going to share this earlier, but I'll share it now. And, but um, I had written a short letter on Facebook to our church last night. And I was just reminding them that this is a holy moment that we're in. It's a hard moment, but this is a holy and holy Kairos moment that we are in as the body of Christ. And we would be amiss if we didn't fall flat on our face before the Lord and cry out to God, because we all as one body and we are one, one body just cried out for Jesus to do what only he can do. Um, Like Jerry, you're talking about COVID like Jake, Jake and I uh, are, we preached together for this Sunday. We did the filming yesterday and a lot of the stuff you were saying, Jerry was actually stuff that Jake was speaking on. Cool. on Sunday, but even John three sixteen, because he's like, let's talk about the gospel because for our church, predominantly white, which is kind of different because Jerry, you know, the church we came out of in Calgary was over 40 nations. So, mm-hmm. you know, I actually feel uncomfortable sometimes standing in our church on a Sunday morning um, because it's so white, but you know what the good thing or what's brought about it in conversations is, is helping our church. You were talking about being a bridge chair. Yeah. It's like, you know, people can say, well, this doesn't affect me. Well, well, if you think that it doesn't affect you, I think that you need to lean in a little bit more and ask yourself, why do you think that this doesn't affect you? Because if we truly are one body, then what, what, what hurts you, Jeremiah, hurts me. Right. What, you, what hurts you, Matt, hurts me. And what hurts me should hurt you. If we truly are one, then what happens to you hurts my heart. And, mm-hmm. and what hurts my heart should hurt your heart because we are one in Christ. And Hebrews, Hebrews 12 says uh, in Verse 27, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken will remain. And and I don't believe that God has caused any of this to happen, but I'm telling you, and Jerry, you were touching on this, God is using this. If we will allow it for his glory. And Jeremiah, I could tell even as you were talking that you are still processing this. Could you tell you guys, it's just Jeremiah's talking about it. And that is important that we all, and when we go through pain, when we're going through stuff, that we have places and we have spaces where we can process. Um, And you were, you didn't talk about this, Jared, but you were tiptoeing on a few things. And I had to, I spoke on Sunday about three kinds of empathy. Okay. Mm. And there's the third kind of empathy is um, a a compassionate empathy. And so you were talking about the Samaritan. Okay. So you're, or, you know, this, the woman at the well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she was Samaritan Mm -hmm. and um, for all intents and purposes, Jesus really shouldn't have been hanging out with her 
at the well for so many reasons, but he was, yeah. and he did, and he did. And so that compassionate empathy is that empathy that just stops, it looks, and it listens, but get this, but then it does something. Okay, so in this holy moment, when we're crying out before the Lord, we all have to take a hard look on ourselves. And Matt, we were talking about this earlier, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk. But God, is there anything in us, Jeremiah? You were talking about like, try me, Lord, Psalm 139. You know, see if there's any wicked way in me. Like, God, like, like search me, oh God, and lead me in the way everlasting. No matter where you're at in this, there is always something in our heart that needs to go so that our heart could be clear and pure before the Lord. And are we listening right now? And, and I had said that, like, I want to quit talking in a minute because I think that it's important that we just sit and we listen to you guys speak to what is on your heart because um, that's important that we just stop tonight and that we just look and we just wait and we listen. So, Jerry, we'll go back to you in a little bit. We're just going to hear what's on Matt's heart and see what the Holy Spirit has to thread. Awesome. Um, first of all, Jeremy, Jeremiah, sorry. You, you, you no, pre- you can call him Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you preached, sir. Um, you need to collect an offering for you. That, that was, that was powerful. Um, but, um, I, there's a lot of ways, a lot of things that you said, I feel the exact same way. Um, I've been processing through this whole thing. Um, it brought up a lot of things in my life that, um, I didn't realize were bothering me so much or little things in my heart as well. Um, exactly what you said about, um, the cop that was, um, had his knee on, um, Floyd, George Floyd. Thank you. Um, I, I, I was so angry about it. And I, and then it's, it made me remember so many other things and so many, um, so many, um, racial scenarios that I have been in or racist, I should say scenarios that I have been, been in and how much it actually has bothered me and then watching other people. And then I think the biggest struggle that I had was putting the faces of people that I love in, in, in those, um, scenarios, Mm. um, and being like, just feeling so helpless in this entire thing. And, um, the biggest thing for me, which made me struggle a lot with, with, with all of this was going online and seeing white people trying to, um, fight against it. Like they're, they're very defensive. Mm. And, and that bothered me so much. And I had to actually at some point stop reading comments because I felt my anger rising. Mm -hmm. Um, because, because what you, what, what you guys are saying is so clear and so beautiful. And you, and I think I was naive to think that every believer, um, kind of had normal, regular compassion about a thing. And I'm like, oh, so you guys don't even, you don't, first of all, you don't see the issue. You don't see that you are the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not taking the moment to stop and think about how we can possibly be hurting. And that, I think, does hurt. It really hurt just to see people. I think to my family last night um, that I was on someone's page and they posted about um, George Floyd. And um, a believing a, a believer, as he, he said, he's a believer. Um, this white man went, went um, commented under and said, "This is so sad, and I, you know, I agree with the family." But did you guys know this? And proceeded to tell all of his of uh, George Floyd's past. Mm. And I was like, "Yo, like, so like, when are we worthy of like some sort of justice or love or 
it just it just it brought up the bigger issue to me, which once again, like we spoke earlier, Jenny, just it being a a sin issue. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's been um scenarios in my life as well when, um, my pride kept me from seeing my own stuff. Right. Like my pride made me mm-hmm. still go places. People would say, "Don't go there." And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. It's really, really at the bottom of it was the fact that I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want to see my own issues. It's hurtful um, to see your own issues. I don't know. If, I mean, for all believers on here, I, I would assume that at some point we had a moment when, when God showed us ourselves. Right. When God showed us, like, you are dealing with this, you're dealing with that, and you need to bring that to the altar. And I think... Um, Every, once again, every believer at some point has to get to that point. And when I saw that there were that there are um, white believers that almost refuse to get to that point and like making posts about it and commenting about it, and it was and was reading through it like I was tearing up. I like for for just a moment, you can't sit back and see that. Um, as I said, like, you're kind of the problem, <laughs> you know, like, like you're the person that is causing this to, 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 to some, for something like this to continue. Um, and so for me, that was, that was really it. And, and just like, um, Jeremiah, I'm still processing through it as you can probably hear. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of just going through the whole thing. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is that, um, I believe that Every person that is not black in this time mm-hmm. needs to really stop. Even if you feel like, mm-hmm. like something I've learned recently, I was watching a video of one of my favorite people, Jackie Hill, and her husband Preston Perry, um, and they were talking about the um, what's it called? The how there's a, there's a spectrum of racism. Okay. So I think a lot of times because because white people might not feel, and I'm talking about we'll, we'll stick to just white believers. Because um, you see a black person and you will say good morning, or you will see a black person and you will, um, I don't know, like you'll, you'll talk to black people. You have black friends. Right. Um, but it's the small things, I guess. It's the fact, like, I think we're not just so just because white people are not a part of lynching or they're not a part of, they're not, they're not celebrating the person that died from the, uh, from the hand of a white cop. They feel like, yo, I'm safe. I'm good. I am not, I'm not racist. But we have to think about the times when a white person would put their purse on the other side of their body if they're past, if a black person sits beside them on the train. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you holding your purse a bit closer? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why do you feel like you need to touch my, my, my beard or my sister's hair? Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, <laughs> why, why do you feel like you need to bring up certain things or like, for a black guy... Just keep going because you'll start touching on people. People will start being like, oh, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like it's like little things like that, like little comments that are made. Um, I, I was, I was reminded my family last night as well that like I didn't know that my nose was wide and my nose was big until a white girl looked at me one day and said it to me. Your, your, your nose is huge. And I was like... <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at your like aha moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I was just like, I didn't even know that was a thing. But but it was said with like disgust. Oh, I'm so. Sorry. It was said like, and then like just the, the things that were said along the way. Like I for it was just like in these last three years that like when it's summertime, I'm outside. I'm outside now, like completely in the sun. I don't care. Before that, 
I would hide from the sun in the summertime because I cannot afford to get any darker lest I get made fun of. Ooh, that's real. And or I would see my me and my brothers. I have five brothers, um, and like a thousand um, adopted siblings, but. Um, we would, I remember when we were younger, there was this commercial, the L'Oreal Kids New Strawberry Smoothie Shampoo. And it was this shampoo, was, <laughs> and like it had all these white kids in it coming out of the water with their hair flashing and all this stuff. And we sat there as bros, just like, I wish we had, we wish we had hair like that. Facts. Like, why can't my hair do that? Why, why does my hair not move in the wind like, like, like white people? And there was never any affirmation for how we were. Um, as we see online, for us to for us to actually get a job, like my name is Matthew McIntosh. I'm pretty set, white boy name. But like, I, I, there are people that do not have that have black names, whatever that is, and they, they it's hard for them to get a job. Or, um, yeah, just things 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 like that. Like we get we get followed in stores, and I think the the issue with 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 to me, is that for white people that are not pay- taking the time to take in themselves, they're not recognizing. I think the first thing that white people need to recognize is their privilege. You know, the fact that people like myself and Jeremiah have gone through scenarios in our lives that right. white people have never gone through. Right. Um, right. And I think if for, for the church to be a safe place right. for us, that needs to be recognized. Right. It needs to be recognized that we have an experience that you have never had before and probably will never have. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think twice about what, about um, where you go and what you do. You don't have to think twice about going into a store and being followed because right. literally because of the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. That's it. You, like, white people don't have to think about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm all over the place. But my, my, my point is that it hurts. It has been hurting. And I think right now when we are, we black people have finally gotten the mic and we've gotten it over the years, but finally by the grace of the Lord, we really have the mic right now. Right. Um, what you're saying tonight is it hurts. Yeah. And so we have, so finally we have, we have the mic. And I think what, what, what's sad is that we have the mic and people are literally just like, shut up. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It never was about you. Stop, stop making it about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once again, it all just hurts. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to work through all that. And like Jeremiah said for myself as well, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I don't, I don't let the root of bitterness right. take over. Right. Because it's I, the strategy of the enemy that he would just exactly. like to. Exactly. So then and it turns you there. against me now to where exactly. you have one against the other, but it'll turn the other against the other one. And just as Jeremiah was talking and, and because I know Jeremiah personally, you know, I've, I I know Jeremiah well enough and I've heard stories and um, some of those stories um, were familiar to me, Jeremiah, because you've shared some stuff with me in the past. But I know a big reason why you are who you are, Jeremiah, and you have the anointing on your life that you do. And, you know, even when you minister music, Jeremiah is um, is a very anointed drummer, would be an Where's understatement. Worshipfully. <laughs> Yes, very anointed drummer, wannabe worship leader, but (laughs) (laughs) wannabe. But you are a worship leader because you're on a worship team. You you don't, you don't, you don't get that anointing without paying the price. And I know that you've had to work through a lot in your life, and I know that you're probably working through even more now. It's like you can go through layers of grief. Am I right? Absolutely. As you you go through pain, like I know in areas of my life, I actually just said, and this conversation is about me tonight, but just to touch on grief. I told Jake, I said, 
um, just because of stuff I've gone through, I said, I think I'm going through another layer of grief. So grief can be funny like that, where you think you're fine. And then you realize, oh, I'm not fine. And then God's like, yeah, we're going to go to another level. We're going to take back another layer. We're going to go to another layer. And I'm just praying for you even tonight, Matt. And and we'll pray before we get off tonight that that God would completely heal your heart through Mm -hmm. this, that your heart would just grow in unfathomable ways through this in the love of God to where you just become love itself through this, through the pain and through the hurt, through the confusion and through the having to really just give bitterness or just even weariness from all of it and just let it go and lay it at the feet of Jesus, you know, so that all you would be clothed in is with him. I want to read Galatians 3 and it says Galatians 3.28, it says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And Jeremiah had brought up John 17 earlier and most of us would be familiar with that passage but Jesus was praying and he said I'm praying that they would be one yeah as you and I are one and Matt when you were talking I actually started crying at one point because I I I actually had this point where I could I felt like I could feel your pain just a little bit and it made me cry and and that's what some of us need to sit with you know you hear people's stories you know and you're like okay like this is hard to hear this but the truth is is that we will we we gain greater empathy we gain greater compassion we gain greater sight we gain greater hearing our hearts are expanded as we just stop and get better at sharing our stories and listening but not even just sharing but listening to one another's stories to hear what's going on inside of someone's heart yeah. I think that's a big takeaway of this season that we would stop, that we would watch, that we would look and we would listen. Yeah. Uh, Revelation said, and I put this on my, my Instagram last night. Um, oh no, I put this on my, this was the letter to my church. Can I read it for a sec? It's just a scripture out of Revelations, but you know, the scripture, it says, if any man or woman, come on, has ears to hear, <laughs> let him hear. But it says this in the message. And it, And I feel like this would be the spirit of God speaking to us tonight into the church in this season where it says, I'm just scrolling guys, just hold on. Are your ears awake? Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, listen to the spirit blowing through my church, you know, and um, just as you're talking, Matt, I hear, I hear the Lord speaking just as you're sharing Jeremiah. I hear the Lord speaking tonight. So Jeremiah, I'd like you just to share a few uh, closing words tonight about takeaways that you would just want to, oh, here's James just saying something. Just one sec. James says, listening to you say, oh, yeah. James is from Australia. Um, If you guys just want to go read that comment, that's an incredible comment that he just made. Um, but Jeremiah, if you could just say a few things and then if people have a couple of questions, I'd like to answer them, but yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, I I'm with you, man. I hear you. I just think I just had a couple of thoughts even from what you're saying of just like, I think, um, yeah, like even, even back to George Floyd, just for a second, 
of all the facts that are like, okay, I don't know if you've listened to Candace Owens, but she said, hey, I feel like she was kind of taking the approach of like, hey, I think the black community can do better because we have a tendency to make a hero out of somebody that actually didn't live an honorable life. And I just had this, this, this picture of like, I don't, there's a local guy here that had this picture of George Floyd meeting Jesus and Jesus just hugging him and saying he loves him and he's sorry about his death, but he's actually going to use his name to change history. And I think, man, as Christians, we need to recognize like what a picture of the gospel um, that Jesus would use somebody imperfect um, just like he's using me. And I think that's the posture and that's the place of recognizing that Jesus came to heal the, not the people that were okay, that were good, but the sick. Jesus came to like come for the lost. And I think men as believers, if we could recognize that we're all lost and that we all need Jesus, that we all need savings. And we look aside to my brother and sister, not dismissing like, oh, I don't see color, but recognizing men. We both need Jesus. Let's link arms and go to the feet together um, and learning how to like and I think we just get stuck there, you know, like we we're really good at judging people's chapter 12 without reading the last 11 chapters. And I love what you said, Jenny, it's just like, we need to be better at hearing one another's stories. Like we need to be better at actually engaging at that level and, and recognizing that we're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. But if my motive and my focus and my heart posture is, man, I need Jesus. And I want everybody around me to experience the transportive power and love of Jesus. Um, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Cause I think there's this incredible gift we have, which is the Holy spirit um, yes. that moves in us yes. and that um, in our weakness, he is made strong. And so that's like that's been my like my focus and my strive and my like I guess like lens um especially on those times where you see those Facebook messages and again like what you said like it is so strategic the enemy that he would use you know a Facebook message to bring division but I have to pause every single time recognizing that man like my conviction is that God's love and grace is just as much for this ignorance or whatever is is for um me and i think when we get to that place we recognize that it's not just like it's not even just with black people or white people like we all have a prejudice we all have a tendency like some of you have probably made jokes about asian drivers or we've probably made a jokes about you know different types of food that we don't like or different types of cultural customs that we you know make us feel uncomfortable and just to recognize um that when the bible says every tribe every nation every tongue um, that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So man, if we're going to be in this place for eternity, like, let me move past my uncomfortableness, which that's the call. Christianity is not meant to be comfort, comfort, comfortable. We're not meant to be complacent, but let me move out of that and like, actually like get to know people past my, like my prejudice or what I feel comfortable with. Right. And, um, yeah, just being able to step out of that and actually recognize that before I'm before I'm black and before you're white, Jenny, um, we're both children of God. Like I'm a son of God before I'm black. And yeah, like, and it's, it's changed my focus. Like when I see people experiencing homelessness, like whether they're Aboriginal or whether they're white, recognizing that, Hey, like we all need saving. We all need Jesus. And I think in this time we've seen and experienced um, like this whole uprise of injustice that's been happening but mm -hmm. and it has like yes black people have been oppressed for 400 years um but it's not the only injustice that's happening there's injustice taking place every single day and by no means am i trying to minimize 
what's happening because I'm I'm literally black. But I think even in black culture, we can um, we can take. I, I've seen it with like some young people in our youth ministry where we drink we drink that that now river juice or that that culture juice where we have the enemy. Um, it's almost like sways the weight. Like imagine like you're in a wrestling match and the person that you're in defense, like uses your weight against you. And we, we put on cloaks that aren't ours to bear. Um, we're called to bear one another's brother, bear, bur- sorry, bear one another's burdens. Um, but not in the sense of like, Oh, that happened. Okay. I'm going to take on offense and allow so seeds of, of death and bitterness to be sown in my heart. Like my heart doesn't have to get hard before it gets soft. And so I've been telling people around me like, Hey, like if that's not something you've walked through and you're upset about it, Hey, don't like allow seeds of bitterness to come in, allow God to use your soft heart to reach people around you um, to again, show them the lens of Jesus. And so, I mean, that's where I'm, that's where I'm like, I feel like as a church, we're called to run run towards and to have a posture. I could be totally wrong, but this is my conviction. And I've just been like trying to invite, and I mean, Matt, like, I feel like I've known you for a long time, not just because we're black, but. <laughs> can, I, can I just say something that I, I feel like I have, this is kind of weird because um, I feel like I have a word for you by the spirit of God, Jer. I'm saying it's weird because here we are talking to everybody, but I heard the Lord say, if your love can be louder than the pain, your love will break every chain. Ooh. It's cool. If your love can be louder than the pain, your love will break. It's God's love in you, but it will break every chain. Wow. And I hear that. I just, as you're speaking, I just, you've grown my friend, in the things, in the things of the spirit, but that that's, that's the place, you know, it's that place of sitting with the pain, you know, and not going around it, but going through the fire and saying, God, this hurts like hell you know like we've all heard the debate i don't want to sing the song by hill song because it hurts like hell well you know what it literally does hurt like hell let's just call it what it is but you know we keep going around the fire and god's saying you you gotta quit going around the fire all of you every tribe every nation it is time to go through the fire it's time to go through the fire it's time to become more like jesus it's time to to lay things down. It's time to get things right. It's time to get our hearts right with God. Before there can be revival, there has got to be repentance. There's got to be a reformation for yeah. God, for true revival to take place. And, uh, you know, love hearing your guys' hearts. Um, it's incredible. I, I want to do a part two to this. Um, do we have a couple of questions? Because I said we'd take a couple of questions. And and I just wanted to say this. Um, we got probably 10 more minutes we can be on here for. But I think just to speak, and it was funny, Jared, because when you said I was white, I was like, what? I don't think I've ever really hired anyone say that to me before. Yeah. What? I'm white? <laughs> I kind of felt like on, um, what's that movie called? You know, with Manny Ice Age? You know, and they always think that they're with their kind and they realize that they weren't with their kind. <laughs> it's like, what? Until they found their kind. <laughs> what? Um, but anyway, I, I think, you know, I wrote something down earlier and, and before you say it, pray it. Okay, guys, before you go writing stuff down. And I think that's just stating the obvious before you say, pray, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I know for some of my friends is that some people, you know, and, and I was saying this on to Wilco last week on a prayer and I was saying it to our own church is that we've got to stop long enough and listen, but Mm -hmm. this is not the time to be silent. 
Mm-hmm. This is the time to speak. Uh, and, and I think for some people, they don't know what to say. So they're not really saying anything. And I heard the Lord say this to me, and maybe it will help some of you tonight. But he said, quit worrying about saying the wrong thing or the right thing. You just got to say something. And Jeremiah, you said that we have a very powerful Uh, we have a very powerful gift. You said something to the effect of that, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Friends, when we are led by the Holy Spirit, what we say is going to draw people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our safe place Mm -hmm. uh, each and every day, but especially in this time, if we will continue to lean into the Holy Spirit, he will fill our mouths and he will show us what to say. We got to lean in. We got to lean in hard to the things of the Spirit so that we are all coming out as one on the other side of this and in jesus name we are we're coming out we're coming out on the other side better than ever all of us yeah um does anybody have a question anyone just reading these anyone anyone people probably afraid to ask questions it's okay to ask a question amy do you have a question no her eyes are big no questions. <laughs> James, do you want to just speak up and say something to Jeremiah and to uh, Matt? Casey has a question. Oh, that's good. Okay, let's let's do that before we get James on and then we'll wrap up. The Can difference t- between guilt and repentance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my stuff. But Matt. Me. Well, I mean, uh, I just I just don't want to just jump on it right away. I want to. I I can say some. You know what, you know what, Pastor Jair? This is all you. Take the floor, man of God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, yeah, I would even I would even rephrase the question if you give me permission, like the difference between um like conviction and condemnation. I think like conviction tells us um like who we are and that we can do better, and condemnation is very much like like puts that jacket and that cloak of shame and guilt on, on you, which is just not Jesus. So anytime it happens, it's just like, I love it. I know sometimes it takes a while for us to recognize like this is shame, but I've been saying this even with like some of my friends, like if we don't want this to just be another, like, I think all of us, well, the heart is that we would, we would really walk in reconciliation and redemption. This is the, this is the plan of God for Jesus. Like not just in the, not just in the the context of like this oppression, but like for all people, you know what I mean? Um, but yes, very much. We know that Jesus was um, with the hurting, with the marginalized, with the oppressed, with the broken. That's that we know that. But like shame is never a good motivation for change because it won't last. And if we really want the transformative power of Jesus to move and to transform, then I'm like, I don't want shame to be a part of like what motivates somebody to change. I want this to not be just a, a three, six months or a year, like hype on Instagram and a bunch of conversations, but no long lasting fruit that remains. And so, yeah, I'm like recognizing that like when Jesus, like when we, we read that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Somebody said this to me the other day, actually super funny. Somebody, one of my, like, because I was a dorm leader at the Bible college I went to, and one of the people that I was, like, I don't know, his accountability partner posted a thing, and I was, like, Ugh, like, oh, don't do it. Jesus, hold me back. But I literally commented, LOL, and then um, I was, like, kind of frustrated, and I followed Jenny's advice to, to pray it before I say it, and somebody texted me saying, 
um, kill the blindness with kindness. And it was like cheesy, but I was like, oh man, that is so true because that's what the enemy does. He blinds you to who you actually are and called to be. That's right. Our, the kindness of the Holy Spirit actually that's can right. pull us out of that and say, hey. So that's how, I mean, I recognize it in my life. Just like, mm, this is condemnation and conviction is like, hey, this is who you are and that's who you're not. That's right. And guilt, guilt is what makes you, you feel bad for what you've done. Shame is like an attack on your identity. You, you end up feeling bad for who you are. That's the difference. And repentance is to change your heart, change your mind, become more like Jesus. So good to have back. That's right. Yeah, I think, sorry, can I say something real quick? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing to, to, to show grace in the process of people. I, Cause I, I don't, I don't think that someone that is, is racist um, or someone, anyone, anyone struggling with anything um, or right away, um, you know, all of a sudden just have a different um, outlook on life. So I, I do think that it's, that we should definitely be gracious to ourselves in this process. Um, and I think the most beautiful thing to me is watching people ask questions. It's watching people um, say certain things. Um, like you said, Jenny, too, when people are willing to say the wrong thing, Right. Um, you know, they're, they're willing to just, just, just talk, just, just say something. And then we could, if we need to argue it out, we'll argue it out. <laughs> but I would or be honest or be honest and just say like, or call someone like, and just say, I don't know how to say this. Exactly. I think what the enemy would love to do is just completely, completely silence some people because again, it's fear. This is all rooted in a spirit of fear. So fear will always try to shut people up. It's right. either, you know. It'll cause you to go crazy or it can do the opposite, you know, like the fight or flight, or it's just going to completely strangle you and shut you up. So then you don't say anything, but then scripture I've been just resonating with is Isaiah 58, one spare, not cry aloud, raise up your voice like a trumpet. This is not the time to be silent. Let our love, let our love for one another be so loud. Yeah. James, would you close tonight in prayer? Yeah. James is part of our lead team, by the way. He lives uh, close to Brisbane, Australia, in a place called Bundenberg. Thank you for sharing today, guys. That was really awesome. I'm kind of a bit messed up, actually. I I don't know why, but uh, <clears throat> might be white revelation. <laughs> so, um, Father, I just pray for... Um, right across the world, Lord, that systemic racism would be healed by the power of God. Father, I speak to the very roots of um, generational racism uh, in every nation. And I pray, Lord, that the the healing power, the healing balm of Gilead would flow like a river. And Father, I pray, in, especially in worship teams right around the nation, that that um, any culture, particularly um, black people, Father, would not feel like they're on the outer, but they are as one, and that we're coming together as a church as one. And Father, I pray, Lord, that... Um, that revelation would flow as the church listens. And, Father, that there would be a whole new place that um, we would go to as a church that would have 
the heart of God for all culture, um, especially black culture. And Father, I thank you for what they bring to the table. They have so much better rhythm than white people. <laughs> and, uh, and they sing better. <laughs> and Father, I thank you, Lord, for that. And I love what they bring to the table. And, and I thank you, Lord, that you just, that there be such a healing through the nations in every nation, in the area of music and, and worship, and that you're bringing all our cultures together as one today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. It's our hope and prayer that we would grow together to become our greatest of selves for the glory of God. We'll coexist to help encourage, equip, inspire, and connect worship leaders and teams like you from all around the world. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on up and coming episodes. Connect today with our Wilco community group on Facebook. Please also like our Facebook page if you haven't had a chance yet and leave us a rating as it helps us and helps others find us. We are also online at worshipleaderscollective.com.